you were in Edmonton yesterday. You're in Calgary today, and not not to announce anything specific, just the the yearly rounds. Correct. I, I like going to all of our buildings. I try to get to everyone in the course of a season. Um, it's fun. It's different in every place. Fan base is a little different. Game presentations a little bit different. It gives me an opportunity to spend time with ownership, to meet with the organization. Today, I was at a luncheon for 300 with a combination of suite holders, season, tic- uh, season ticket holders, and business partners. And it's great to have that interaction and see how people throughout the league feel about the game. Uh, I heard about the first uh, three or four minutes of your conversation across the hallway, uh, and and you did uh, you did while you're here in Calgary meet with our our mayor, correct? Yes, I did. What uh, what were those? What how would you characterize those conversations? I, I, I thought it was a good opportunity to get acquainted. It was constructive, and I think everybody is on the same page that there's no doubt that Calgary needs a new event center. It's been that way for a while, and I know there's only so much you can say. Can you just give us or, or characterize the NHL stance as to how important that is? Well, I, I, listen, uh, it's not just for the Flames. Having an event center affects the quality of life in Calgary. Family shows, concerts. I think Edmonton's had 50 more concerts than you've had here. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah. No, it, it's true, and so... It's it's something that's important for the quality of life in a community. From a league standpoint, you know, this building, I think we can agree, is past its due date. And at some point, it's going to become uninhabitable, Mm -hmm. and there needs to be an alternative. What is the the commissioner's role in the talks and in moving the conversation forward? Well... I get involved to the extent I get invited, to the extent I can add something that's constructive. Sometimes if if parties aren't talking the same language, I can be either a facilitator or a translator. But it varies case by case. And obviously, if one or both of the parties have no interest in talking to me about it, then there's not a whole lot I can do. So you felt you, you did it, feel like this was a little bit more was, positive than other conversations? Well, I, I think... I think the language of discussion is an agreement that everybody feels there's no choice but to have a new event center. There's a lot of work to be done because to say the devil is in the details would be an understatement because we're not at details. There are fundamental things that have to be resolved. Yep. But everybody's focused on it, and I think that's a good thing. I was uh, listening to your available in, uh, availability in Edmonton, and you were asked. To, are uh, you stalking uh, me? Uh, well, no. I knew I knew you were here, so <laughs> I wanted to make sure I did my homework. Well, you, you dropped it on the media veil here. You were listening to that one. You're making me uh, nervous. Uh, I actually have I actually have a stowaway in uh, on your flight, uh, so uh, oh. watch out. Um, what? <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. The uh, the ice district in Edmonton and the success of Rogers Place that that's a, a real success story in our province. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you just talk a little bit to that? The process that you were involved with in getting to that point uh, in our provincial capital. Well, I I think that uh, there were a couple of things at play. Uh, one, Mayor Mandel had a real vision for the city, and it was more than just an event center. Yes, it was it was about creating an ice district and transforming downtown Edmonton, and it's been magnificent. And I will say, 
I have a little first-hand knowledge as to how good it is because I lived in and was locked in yes, <laughs> to the ice district in the bubble, yeah. you know, during COVID. And there were points in time where it helped for me to be talking to both Daryl Cates, the owner of the Oilers, and Mayor Mandel, and, and it helped keep things on track. But in the final analysis, they were the two that got it done. Well, and, and you know, being a uh, rather frequent visitor to the city of Edmonton, to see what has happened around Isn't there. Isn't it great? It, well, it, it is. And, you know, we like to have the playful rivalry with the city, but I, I'm really proud of, of what they've been able to do to a downtown that needed it. And and that kind of goes that, back to that your could point, be, right? That could be you. But that's <laughs> what I'm hoping. Well, I think everybody is. Yeah. It, it's a, you know what? When, when No longer are just event centers being built. They're really destinations whether it's shopping or restaurants or residential or commercial having a place that people come together around the arena uh, can literally transform the downtown of a city commissioner gary bettman is with us here in the doug lacy's basement systems hot stove lounge uh you actually it looks like the pace place was painted it did get it did get a little bit of coat of paint and we also took out some of the light bulbs so it's a little bit less like you're in a like you're in solitary confinement yeah no it's very nice you i like what you've done to the place as as good as a broom closet can get i think is what we say how how excited are you for the first ever outdoor game? It'll be in Edmonton, and and the Oilers hosted the first one, but for the first time ever, the battle, we get a battle of Alberta outdoors. I think it's going to be sensational. That's why we planned it. I remember the first game. I I believe, it, unless my memory is deceiving me, it was twenty below zero Fahrenheit. Yep. it was cold, yep. and it was great, and the fans were terrific, and I have no doubt that many of the Flames fans are going to be driving north, yep. and it should be a, another wonderful event. I mean, listen, that first game set off you know, a whole series of games. I think we've now done 37 or 38 outdoor games, uh, and, and they're great moments. They're great ways for our fans to connect with the game and gather in large numbers. I mean, a typical night, 18,000 people are at our games. You know, to play in front of 50, 60, 70. We've played in front of 105,000 fans. It's it's a wonderful experience, and we are excited to bring the Battle of Alberta outdoors. I, I do. I want, I've always wanted to ask you about this because you were able to get the outdoor game in during the 56-game season. So you really you were able to keep a streak going to be able to have one going for as long, at least one for as long as you have. How how proud of a league of the league are you for that? Well, it, it's not about us being proud. It's really about making sure our fans are engaged. We've got the world's best fans, and we've got to do our part to give them, you know, content, to give them connectivity to the game that they love. Just a few more with the commissioner. Um, I've heard you say a couple of times the, the trade-related reasons. It's, you, you are stalking me. You're following my quotes. I'm uh, getting nervous. <laughs> How uh, how on the radar yes. are trade related reasons? <laughs> are they are they? I'm cracking you up. I'm I'm enjoying that. <laughs> how how much of a like would you consider it an issue? Would Which you cons- uh, trade related reasons? Is that is that you mean not playing a player holding oh. a player out okay. for trade reasons? Well, you know we we don't like some other sports have load management issues. Our players love to play. Uh, we're seeing a little bit more of it this year than we've ever seen before, 
and I don't know if this is an aberration or an issue. It's something I tend to raise with the general managers, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to let one season of this set us off, but it's something we have to keep our eye on. And by, but by yep. the way, you know, and, and things tend to get painted with a broad brush, but there are instances where a club will let a player take off a few days because uh, there's going to be an impending birth of a child. There have been instances where players have taken off because there's been a death in the family. So it's it's not unusual for there to be a healthy scratch for a personal reason. You know, is this much different? Not in the first instance, but if we start seeing it on a widespread systematic basis, okay. I would have a different answer. What's uh in terms of next steps in, in getting to your final salary cap calculations yeah. for next season? I know that's been a big talking point. What are the, the next steps from a league standpoint to, to truly dial in on that number? We've got to see what HRR, hockey-related revenues, are for this year. We, we're probably two years ahead of what we projected when we, during COVID, changed the system, you know, wound up having an escrow balance of a billion and a half dollars. So in terms of getting it repaid, we're doing much better. Uh, We think, based on our current projections, that we'll probably run short. Not by a tremendous amount, but we'll run short, which means flat cap, $1 million increase for next year. It is possible, but I don't want to lead anybody on and get them too excited, it's possible that if projections come in higher, you know, like $150 million higher, give or take, that the escrow may be completely paid off, in which okay. case you'll see the cap go up four and a half million, if not this year, next year, and uh, um, we got to feel good about the fact that we came back strong uh, from COVID, which is why we're even having this conversation that it may be paid off already. Yeah. And, and that's where I was going to go. Just overall health yeah. of the league seems really seems good. pretty good from where we're, it was, right? We're you know we're record revenues. Our TV ratings are back. Our attendance is back. Our buildings are basically full like they would normally be. Uh, we had great cooperation from the players and the players' association. Uh, ownership was really strong. The clubs were great. I know at times during COVID when we were dealing with things, we were being accused by some of making it up as we went along. And we were, um, because, you know, we, <laughs> were, de- we, we were dealing something. And it wasn't just us. Listen, everybody, not just sports or other businesses, everybody had a tough time having to deal with COVID. It was unprecedented. And everybody in, in, the, tr- in, in the true sense of a team sport and the ultimate team sport came together to get through it. And that's why we came out strong on the other side. When you were doing those news conferences to, you know, announce the return to play or – could you have envisioned that the league would have been a couple years later in the shape that it's in now? Well, that was the plan because if we didn't do the things we were doing, I knew we weren't going to come back strong. But we were we we had a vision of what we had to do to get through this, and ultimately everybody came together and made it work. Ultimately, it, you know, we're in this and we do this for the fans, and they've come back strong, and and we're grateful. Two more quick ones. First of all. Uh, a lot of trades today. Friday's the deadline. As the commissioner, how do you uh, how do you take in deadline time? I, I think you know a lot's made of it. Probably more than should be. People, teams make trades because they've either decided they need a little bit of help to get where they want to get, which is the playoffs, and then ultimately the cup. Some teams at this point decide 
they need to retool because they don't have a shot and they've got to rebuild. Um, I think if there are good reasons for making trades, it's great. Making trades for the sake of making trades so that somebody can, you know, count the total number of trades or speculate, why aren't you making a trade? If you're making trades because you need to for the right reasons and you have a plan, mm-hmm. I'm good with that. And finally, uh, any any update on the investigation to the 2018 World Junior Team? There's still some. I'm told there's still some more work to be do to do. Uh, we're getting close to the end. Uh, I haven't seen the preliminary report. There's, everything's okay. going to have to be put together, and then we'll have to look at the report, and I'll have to decide what, if anything, has to be done. Okay. Uh, appreciate the time. Thank Great. you very much for doing this. That was fun. Great to be with you. Thank you. It was fun. It's good to have you back in the room. It's always good. To, well, it's not always good to be in the room, but the room's looking very nice.